Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again in another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. This is another episode in our prequel series for Horror on the Orient Express. We hope you enjoyed the last one. We truly hope you'll enjoy this one. Will this week's investigator please introduce themselves? My name is Miranda, and I'll be playing Maggie Bellinger. So a, a month or so ago, you got a letter from your Aunt Edith, who, unbeknownst to you, uh, sometime in this past summer, the previous summer, in uh, 1924, had left the shores of the U.S. and had decided to go and spread her wings and travel to England. She has evidently been staying in London for some time. And she's written you this very evocative letter saying that the city has is boring her now and she's desperate for some sense of home without having to come back. And so she asks in a very needy way, <laughs> just with full of flowery language and full of emotion. She asks if you would please come to London and keep her company before the city just bores her to death. Do you feel like she would at least answer Edith's request? Maggie's bag would have already been packed. Uh, before she even got to the end of the letter. She is a go-getter. <laughs> yeah, she would be like reading this while she's laying stuff out on the bed to like get prepared to go. She packs her bags. She spares no expense. She rushes off to join Aunt Edith in London. Asking, well, I would have to get get some money from my dad first. Oh, sure. It would be like bags packed, and I approach my father with my bags already packed, asking (laughs) to go, but really saying I would like to go. From what I can see here, I think your father is probably the type that would want to either see you have a wonderful time keeping your aunt company or possibly maybe protect his sister. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe he thinks that you would be a leveling influence on her. Maybe he doesn't <laughs> know, know you very well. <laughs> but you get to London. You've been there for probably a couple of weeks at this point. And you come in just after the new year. You spend the first couple of weeks trying to get in sync with the way Aunt Edith and how life kind of moves and shifts here. Uh, she's a much different person than you remember from even last year. She seems to have really fallen in with the Parisian mentality and lifestyle. She spends a lot of her mornings in bed asleep, whereas years ago in the States, and much like your father, she was 
up early and she was busy and she was doing things and now she's very much relaxed. She chalks this up to being exposed to different lifestyles and to different people. She really prides herself on having spent time watching some of the more bohemian folks that are available in Piccadilly and, and maybe even some of the more uh, slightly sketchy places like the East End of London. But she's also moved in some very upper society circles here, too. She's given you in, the, in a couple of weeks a fair list of do's and don'ts about the way London works. She talks about being careful to cover up at night uh, when you go out just because of the smog and the London pea supers, as they call them here. She remarks that one of her service staff came down with a very uh, terrible cold because of uh, they inhaled some of this poisonous fog. So she mentions that. As that as the backdrop of this more laid-back, well-off lifestyle, how do you think Maggie's life would alter in those couple of weeks? Is that something she would give into? Or is it something that she would maybe use the extra time in the morning to do her own exploring? Yeah, I feel like Maggie would be bored, for lack of a better word. She would probably eventually start doing her own exploring, but at first she would try to get her Aunt Edith to maybe go shopping with her, see if there's any social events she's been invited to recently that Maggie could attend with her, mm -hmm. um, really try to get her up and at them and get her out of what Maggie would see as a funk because it's not kind of the old Aunt Edith that she remembers. Sure. If kind of all of her poking and prodding uh, wasn't working, then eventually she would kind of maybe start to venture off on her own here and there a little bit. Explore the city. Okay. Yeah, I, I think one of the important things that you notice is you notice that she has taken to... She probably drinks more now than she did when she was in the U.S. It's something that you definitely pick up on a fair amount. Mm -hmm. At least in the first couple of weeks. And you don't know if this is the reason why she's sleeping in later, which is fairly common for the folks, folks who uh, maybe drink a little too much. Yeah. But one morning, I would say mid-morning, when you're coming back in from already having gone to the, the market, or uh, she lives very close to Hyde Park in London. Okay. Uh, so you have the ability in the morning to, to take just beautiful walks through wide open green spaces in a very posh neighborhood within London. Um, so that does afford you some exploration. Hyde Park is enormous. Yeah. Uh, in comparison. So you would definitely have the ability to walk the park and uh, investigate a bunch of different uh, alcoves and green spaces. You return and her butler, Gerald, asks if you would be as so kind as to attend your aunt in the uh, in the veranda. She's taking in brunch. Of course, of course. You walk in. It was a little bit chilly this morning, not what you're used to so much in the U.S., a little warmer than that, and it's not nearly as cold here in January it is in the U.S. Uh, 
you had left from New York, obviously. The, one of the vast ocean liners probably brought you over here. It's probably a good 10 or 15 degrees warmer here than it is there. But yeah, this beautiful setup she has here, all sorts of different breakfast foods and uh, definitely Americanized and even Parisian as well. So there's tons of different fruit. There's wine at the table. She motions you over to the table. Please come and come and sit. Please. It's, uh, I know it's early. She <laughs> laughingly takes, uh, what looks like a, a champagne glass up. <laughs> And I would probably grab a bite to eat and sit down. And uh, of course, Aunt Edith, is there anything on the schedule today? Anything you'd like to go get out and do? In fact, there is. Oh. Well, I've been reading uh, a book recently, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Okay. It talks about finding the truth of the day. It's something I've come to recently, and I believe that there is a truth that we can find in every single day. Now, that truth might be different from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, but it, it's given me a sense of almost adventure. Oh. And I'm just wondering, I'm what I'm really looking for is a cure for this boredom that I seem to be experiencing. She goes to a small plate of cheese that she's prepared for herself. I have decided to have a friend that I met for stop in for brunch. So if you'd like to go get ready, he'll be here shortly. Of course, of course. Is this a formal affair? Should I dress casually? I would say put on something nice. Okay. Uh, it is a lord after all. Oh, 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 of course, of course. Oh, I'll yeah, I'll go get I'll go get ready right now. You can see by the way, she's not dressed to receive guests. Okay. She is dressed um well, she's being very progressive with her clothes this morning. Okay. <laughs> At the risk of offending Aunt Edith, I'll I'll uh would you do you need some help up to to your room to to get ready or um maybe freshen up a little bit? She stops and then sets the glass down. My goodness, you're right. <laughs> she seems to like just uh, absent-mindedly get up from the table. Uh, he should be here within uh, about thirty minutes. Okay. You go and get prepared, and you come back downstairs. She has a two-floor house. It's near High Park. She's it, she has afforded, afforded herself quite the location, and it's probably within about thirty or thirty-five minutes or so that. There is a, a bell at the door, and you see Gerald, her butler, head towards the door. And she kind of pulls you a little closer and adjusts things on you, and yeah. she fusses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so his name is Lord Walters, and he is the head of the London Spiritualist Society. Indeed. Now, um, they uh, they did come into a, a bit of a problem once ago. It, it didn't fully make the papers. We won't talk about it, but uh, I think the Lord is maybe looking for a bit of um, patronage for his society. Things have not been so... Um, oh. They have not been in such good repair recently. Understood, understood. Financial problem. It happens to some people. 
the uh, butler comes back in and you see a older man, probably a good 10 years older than than her. So Lord Walters is probably close to his 60s. He's got large white mutton chops. He's very well you know, taken care of as far as his dress and his appearance. He looks as if he's probably served at some point in a war or one of. But he comes in. He's probably six feet tall, weighs in probably at about 175 pounds. He's mostly legs. Okay. So, like, his legs arrive far before, like, the rest of him do. And he's a very (laughs) tall man in that regard. And he has a nice button-up black coat on. You can see that underneath of it, he has a bright white shirt and tie. He seems to be dressed for uh, something a little bit more formal than you were probably expecting, but you dressed well enough to not worry too much. Okay. And he uh, walks over and the butler says, Lord Walters. Then Aunt Edith acknowledges him and says, Lord Walters, thank you for coming. And he does his best to pour on all sorts of charisma. He thanks her implicitly for allowing him to come over uh, at such short notice and hopes that it's not too much of a bother and she does her best to pat him on the hand socially and say everything is okay. Just come and sit down and let's have something and we can talk about what the issues of the day are. With that, he turns to you and introduces himself as Lord Walter. He doesn't so much extend his hand, but he offers you a greeting. Yeah, and Maggie would do like kind of maybe like a slight curtsy. Because she thinks that that's what's formal or appropriate in this right. situation. Um, say, it's my pleasure to meet you. I'm so excited that my Aunt Edith has invited me to visit with you. Always nice to see our uh, American cousins here. Indeed. You guys exit towards, not back towards where you guys were having uh, food earlier, but a completely different dining room uh, where the staff has set up food and drink and you can hear the staff as you guys get towards the room. You can hear the staff kind of scuttling out of the room, out of the out into the remains of the house. Okay. Um, they seat you, and Lord Walters looks at Edith and says, "It's it's no secret that the society has run afoul of some challenges within the past few years. Uh, our members have either grown too old to care for." our studies or they have grown more interested in studying other things. And so we are attempting as best we can to maintain our chapter house. But truth be told, it is becoming more difficult. It's only become more difficult after the war. What with some of our members losing sons and other family members in service. Maggie can definitely tell that he wears this very heavily. Mm-hmm. Like when he says it, he feels he's exhausted. He follows up and says, uh, it is not my normal purview to ask for assistance or support. Lords are supposed to be able to afford what we can afford. Edith's very good about being generous. And you know this, you know, it's in her nature to be generous. And so when she turns to him and says, whatever your needs are, we will meet them. You gasp a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know that 
that money is probably going to in some way come from your father. Mm -hmm. At least in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And you have no idea what Lord Walters is asking yet. Yeah, I kind of want to, like, um, get a little... A, lighten the the situation a little bit because I can see that this is weighing on him and I want just just to brighten the situation up a little bit but I also kind of want to feel out what he's all about and so Maggie would probably bring up Lord Lord Walters my Aunt Edith here my dear aunt says that you're the head of the London Spiritualist Society now what is that do you do like tea readings because I had my tea leaves read once back I was actually visiting New York and uh, this very nice woman read, read my tea leaves and it was it was a, quite a gas and I actually invited her to a party is that the sort of thing that 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 you do you you know host parties so that women can get their tea leaves read uh, he um, he turns to you and gives you a, a tight smile I'm no I, I apologize perhaps I have not been open enough with what we do we're a austere and respected group we've been active for several decades in fact since before the victorian era we have two goals the advancement and expansion of knowledge of what may lie beyond you see the spiritualist society is made up of many lords ladies many of Britain's finest. Uh, unfortunately, the society, as I mentioned, has fallen into a bit of disrepair. And our specifics, as far as research and practice and study, lean more towards higher-minded thought, the expansion of understanding into mystical arts. When you say what may lie beyond, do you mean the afterlife in heaven? One might put it like that. And I feel like it Maggie initially felt like this guy, like this is some sort of like shit, like kind of a shady deal. Sure. But now it, it kind of like pulls at her heart because she would, you know, love to know what happened to her mom after she died. And like death is a pretty sore subject for mm -hmm. Maggie. So now she's like, I, I feel torn between <laughs> wanting to learn more about this guy, but kind of thinking it's, like he's just trying to get money out of my aunt Edith and my family. Uh, what are what kind of studies are these uh, that you that you do? I've never heard of anything like this before, and I can't I can't quite fathom how you would study. Uh, you know, we don't know what happens after death. Oh, there are many different methods which could be studied, which could be leaned upon in such quests. It's a movement uh, I took as a younger man, but I have been a part of and in some ways assisted with the communication aspect of the afterlife. Speaking with the dead, like uh, like with crystal balls and <laughs> things like that? No, nothing so vaudevillian. Aunt Edith, you're a member of the society? She brushes her a few strands of hair away from her face. I met Lord Walter when I came here initially amongst 
other professionals. It's not as if it's a some strange voodoo parlor. They're all very um, directed and well well appointed. Well, yeah, if this is all true, then I think that sounds quite exciting. Maybe possibly I could uh, accompany you or ooh, maybe we could have see a demonstration possibly. Lord Walter turns to you and of course, uh, the the group itself uh, in the past several months has become even more fractured than it used to be. There are many members who will either no longer attend or simply show concern over the potential social implications of it. You understand. Uh, of course, of course. Um, so, Even stateside, I know that... Um, I mean, people that deal in um, these, these sorts of spiritual matters um, can sometimes be chased out of towns mm. even. It's because they're charlatans. It's because they don't they don't spend the time researching and learning. These are practices that have been in existence since the time of David. They simply have been hidden. You say they are charlatans, but are you not then? He gives you more of a, a sharp look of course. No, madam, I am not. Hmm. Edith calls for another round of drinks. <laughs> yes. Well, and Edith, I'd be concerned about you um, in, investing in something when we don't know truly what we would get get back from the money. Uh, Lord Walters has assured me that there is going to be well, there's going to be quite the renaissance for this. And I, I'm willing to help. Hmm. And Lord Wad Walters, if we are to, if my Aunt Edith is to uh, contribute to your society, what would be the benefit to her? Well, he um, brushes his chin a bit. I, I have... Um, been interested in uh, calling on her from time to time. I admit I am not as young as I once was, but as a lord, I do have many social advantages. For a second, Maggie thought that he was hitting on her aunt. I could see where she might think that. Aunt Edith doesn't seem too interested in the boring life of social advantages right now. Edith takes the fresh glass of wine that uh, is dropped off in front of her and says, can we please just finish our meal and let's let's put aside any talk of finances. It, it's just, it's bored me already. Lord Walter kind of just simply nods and goes to his food and they pick up very general conversation. Okay. I, I would drop it as well. Yeah, out of respect for my Aunt Edith. Of course. The brunch finishes probably another half an hour or so. Lord Walters is very respectful when he leaves. He thanks your aunt and, and you for the conversation and the, the time. And then kind of takes his hat and and uh, heads out the door. Well, that was uh, quite an interesting visit, Aunt Edith. Isn't he interesting? Oh, I find him fascinating. I would say he's uh, quite interesting. Have you been to any gatherings where 
you've seen, you know, any demonstrations about these studies that they're doing? I have not as of yet. He has not been able to convince me that uh, he can get his uh, society together. Well, that's unfortunate. It is. I would love to see some sort of demonstration. Mm, Yes, I would be interested in seeing it as well. You see uh, Gerald walking in the uh, room with the two of you, and he says, uh, excuse me, madam, Uh, he hands um, your Aunt Edith a note takes the envelope out and opens it up. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Well, do go on. What is it? Well, a few months ago, I met a professor while I was here in London. I was out uh, at an event and I bumped into this professor. His name is uh, Dr. Julius Smith. And he is inviting me to attend an event. Oh. At the British Museum. How exciting. When is it? Uh, it looks like it's just, uh, she lists the date a couple of days from now. Oh, well, uh, we, we should go. Does it say on there if you can bring a plus one? Mags, I can bring whomever I like. Good point. Well, I, I propose we go to this event. That sounds splendid. Hmm, wonderful. Now... You must tell me, how is your father? He's doing well. He was a little bit worried about you, to be honest. Yes, well, Georgie was always the type to worry. (laughs) Oh, that he is. But, you know, we love him for it. Mm, mm. And it got me here with you. Indeed, indeed. This is much less boring now that you're here. Mm, I'm glad to hear that, Aunt Edith. And, you know, we'll let my father deal with the work back at home and, you know, we can have fun. And I feel like this uh, event at the museum is probably the perfect start to that now. Yes. uh, I wonder if that Lord Walters is going to be there. Oh, perhaps. Perhaps. You know, I, the doctor, Dr. Smith and I, uh, we got to be fairly fast friends. Oh. Uh, Where did you meet him, did you say? At a cafe. Oh. He was uh, studying something on archaeology at the time, and I noticed that he had a drawing in his book of strange temple. And I told him that I was curious about it, and that I loved to travel, and we got to talking. Oh, he travels that much? Hmm. Oh, he must be quite interesting to talk to. He's been so many places. I would say so. I would certainly love to travel. Wow, yeah, I'm I'm ex- excited now for this event. I I won't give you a role on it because I think you probably know your Aunt Edith pretty well. Okay. She is not telling you everything she knows about the professor. She is hiding something. Okay. She's, the look on her face is like the cat that caught the canary. All right. How you spot it, though, is a totally different way. Um, what you spot is... The letter in her hand. Mm-hmm. And the, the letter in her hand is signed, Dearest Julius. Yeah, I was immediately thinking before you even said that love interest. <laughs> there is something going on between them. She um, kind of folds up the note and tucks it back in the envelope. Maggie wouldn't bring it up, but she would be 
excited about it. I want to see how these two interact and like like see how it plays out. It's definitely piqued her interest. Yeah. Other than getting out and exploring London, even albeit in in the winter, um, what else do you think Maggie fills her day with while she's here? Um, probably shopping. Um, she would probably also want to take some notes. She has a travel journal just to take notes on maybe life in London, how it's, you know, how different it is from being in the States, things like that. Maybe venture to some small cafes and try different kinds of foods. See if there's anything to experience here that I can't experience back home. Um, Most people from the States are not prepared for just how culturally different London is from the sense that there are so many different cultures that can find a home there. You have really a melting pot of India, of, you know, East, East Asia to Africa to, uh, so you're really, I mean, Paris, obviously the French culture is there as well. There's all sorts of things that you can run into there. It can border on overwhelming. Yeah, that's that's a lot. She she would really want to explore and and try new things. Uh, you know, she wants to if there's a a fashion style that she hasn't seen before, she wants to go into that shop and she's one of those people that will walk around a shop and touch everything and just experience things even if she's not planning on buying anything, but she just wants to really take everything in. Yeah, I would say that you probably spend the next couple of days preparing, not so much preparing for, for the event at the, at the Maudsley collection, but I would say that you take in more of what London is, um, maybe with a bit of a sharper eye, maybe even stop into some of the places around the British Museum. It is definitely within firing distance of where you're at, where you're staying at. Uh, it would be easy for you to get to. Yeah. But moreover, this period of time in London in in January is also a little rainy. So your time outside is a little limited unless you want to carry on with an umbrella or have your travels done from uh, awning to awning, as it were. (laughs) Yeah. And I would imagine there would certainly be afternoons where Maggie didn't want to go out in the, the London weather. Um, and it, it would be one that she maybe would spend on on the patio, like underneath an awning, maybe sketching or just journaling about her times spent there. Yeah, you do get a more than an opportunity to sketch out some of the that corner of Hyde Park, uh, where there are some beautiful columns kind of lead their way into that that grand entrance of of Hyde Park, which is just, it's beautiful from what you can see. It feels like being, for you, it probably feels like being in Rome, even though you're not in Rome. <laughs> you're not used to these many stone columns uh, in front of a park. Yeah. Even the seeming dreariness of a London January does not dampen Maggie's spirits, not when it yeah. comes to being in a, in a totally different place. Yeah. So uh, what we'll do is we will leave Maggie in the Hyde Park home uh, in preparation for the event at the British Museum. Okay. So I want to thank you all for joining us for another episode. And I hope 
to see you all next week. 